To stay in shape, you have to hit the pavement. You have to put in some hard work and sweat along the way. Many of the same principles apply when it comes to money. Let's whip that portfolio into shape. It's time for Financially Fit with Kyle Hammersmith. Hey, everybody. Welcome into another edition of Financially Fit. Thanks so much for checking out our podcast. It's Kyle and I talk about investing, finance, and retirement. Kyle, what's going on, man? How are you? I'm doing pretty well. I'm just looking at the uh, copy here of my next co-authored book, which is actually called Financially Fit. Oh, nice. Fantastic. Read through it here to make sure everything's good in order before we mass print everything. Right. Yeah. That's always the fun part. I got to go through everything and double check it. Well, very cool. Well, you'll have to tell us more about it as we move along. We'll do a podcast series around the book here coming up and, uh, and discuss that a little bit more in depth. But for now, let's jump into our main topic or we'll actually jump into the show. Uh, but first, I want to ask you a quick question. I saw this the other day and, and I wanted to bounce this off of you. Charles Schwab is announcing that they're going to be allowing clients to buy and sell fractions of stocks instead of having to buy an entire share. Interesting. But what is the advantage or why would this be appealing? could be appealing it kind of it's more of an organic way of purchasing some funds inside your portfolio and basically what it's going to allow you to do is instead of owning that individual stock with that full risk of getting what you want Mm -hmm. kind of being able to partially buy and sell those at no costs is basically going to be a way to help you you know diversify decrease your cost and maybe decrease your overall stock exposure gotcha uh, kind of allow you to own a little bit more and over the long term should help your performance yeah okay very cool so yeah so i can see some advantages and i guess for some people who really want maybe a certain stock and they just can't afford to buy a whole share maybe kind of makes you feel like you're getting into something as long as you're just being smart about that and like anything that's kind of like that speculative thing my first thought was uh, it's so we all had a maybe could feel like we could buy a a share of uh, berkshire hathaway but even that's still not going to be affordable. <laughs> Correct. It's, it's, it's going to help you maybe accomplish some short-term and right. long-term goals yeah. a little yeah. bit easier. Yeah. What's Berkshire Hathaway? Like 300000 a share or something crazy? It's like the highest one. Yeah, I know. It's pretty crazy right now. Yeah. So. Yeah. It's pretty up there. All right. Uh, well, let's go ahead and turn our attention to our main topic this week. So here on the program on Financially Fit, we're going to talk a little bit about sabotaging our own retirement. So Kyle, I'm, you know, there's so many things in the financial world that we have no control over. So why on earth would we want to sabotage the things we can, but yet it happens. So let's discuss some ways that people do this and hopefully some ways to not do it. And we'll stick right there with the market since we opened up talking about the fractional shares. Obsessing about the short terms, ups and downs, either one, of the market is a clear way to sabotage your own plan because you get easily worked up. Correct. You know, you can look at some simple studies and drawings and it's not so much the investments, what's inside the portfolio that are hurting the returns. It's the behavior of the investor. Right. It's because, you know, the emotion... And the risk capacity that's tied into theirs, it's never aligned. And it's hard for, you know, just an individual to kind of, hey, I'm aggressive. But, you know, what does that really mean when the rubber hits the road, right? So you kind of have to determine, you know, are you in a six to 12 month boat race? Or are you looking for that 30? Are you in it for the long haul? Right, and, right. Uh, Marathon you know, or sports kind you of You know, thing, just right? anytime you look at something in the short term, with ups and downs, it's just going to be extremely hard to, you know, stay sound to your principles of investing and 
I guess it kind of comes down to what you're trying to accomplish too, though. So, right, right. And, and again, yeah, it's like marathoning and sprinting, you know, it's, it's the whole point is, and it's easy to get work, you know, uh, over the last, you know, week, we saw it get over 25,000 or 28, excuse me, 28,000 on the Dow for like the first time ever. And it's dipped below it and popped back over. And, you know, all those things are, I get it. They can be eye candy sometimes, and sometimes they can be stressful eye candy because we see it climbing higher, and then we think what's got farther to fall. Uh, there's a lot of things you can do. So again, getting obsessed with the short and the uh, ups and down short term is certainly never a good idea and a good way to sabotage your own retirement. So don't do that. Another piece is Social Security. So we've talked about this a million times and probably will continue to because it's always a hot topic. But in this case, messing up your retirement by turning it on at the wrong time. Whether that's too early because you just wanted to get it turned on because you could or too late and maybe the break even point doesn't work. Yeah. You know, this is an entitlement program. So, you know, you're entitled to this benefit, which is kind of why everyone's, you know, wanting to know more about it. Triggering this at the wrong time can, you know, I always tell people, well, this is kind of what I call tax preference monies. Most people don't know that no matter what you do, you know, 85% of this check could be taxable, but no matter what, 15% is always tax-free, always. Now the rules can change. So you kind of need to understand to say, hey, if I pull a dollar out of my 401k or a dollar from social security, what's going to be worth more for you right now and then worth more for you in the future? So knowing how this is basically going to be taxed is really the only time you can know how to, to take it. If you're married or if you're single, again, that depends on what your situation and your income needs. But just imagine a, a wall full of light switches. And if you flip three, six other go off. And you just need to make sure if you're taking Social Security at the wrong time, whether it's early on time or late, how does that affect you in the short and long term? Yeah, exactly. And and you've got to make sure you're having the conversation about Social Security and how it's going to roll into your overall plan and not just you know, flying down to the office and firing it up just because you can. It may be the right thing to do, but again, have a conversation with your advisor. Uh, if you don't have an advisor and you need some help, well, hopefully that's one of the reasons you're checking out our podcast here. As always, make sure that you subscribe to it so you can get updates and things of that nature. You can do that at Spotify. You can do that at uh, Google or Apple Podcasts. And if you do have questions and concerns and you hear something useful before you take any action, always talk with a qualified professional like Kyle. He is an investment advisor representative at Mocan financial and you can call him at 913-257-3991 913-257-3991 all right so back into sabotaging here let's hit number three and this is a biggie because we kind of covered the market and social security those are the two big ones but the next one is also just pretending like long-term care event is not in your future now we kind of say nursing home kyle because i think nursing home is such a trigger word that scares people because nobody wants to go into a nursing home but i think you're you're really doing yourself a disservice if you don't acknowledge the fact that you're, you know, more than likely you're going to see a long-term care event because it's what two out of every three people. Yeah. So that's what we're looking at. And 90% of people that I've just kind of asked a question on who has a plan for it, you know, 90% of the people just don't have a plan. Don't think they'll need it. The other 10% are basically, you know, they know it's real. Maybe they've experienced it. And even though you're you're acting like it's not something you want to think about, you are actually planning for it because you're planning on just self-insuring, paying out of your own pocket to pay for this someday. And the decision's hard because you don't want to think about it right now because more than likely you're not going to need it tomorrow. You're going to need it in 20 years. 
And in reality, the longer you delay this planning decision, the more limitations you'll have on how to, you know, take care of it if it does come up in the future. Exactly. And, you know, you can kind of take a look at that and say, you know, it didn't affect anybody in my family or whatever. You can make excuses. But the idea is, is that if you do that, you're, again, setting yourself up for potentially sabotaging your own retirement because there's just too many things at stake. We're living longer. We're 3D printing lungs and earlobes and all these different kinds of things. So, you know, I always compare this stuff to, you know, look at sports. You could literally do everything right your whole life in the financial planning and still lose that game in the fourth quarter because you didn't have a plan for this. Yeah, so very that's, true. That's very true. Kind of what I bring up to people is <laughs> no matter your money situation and what happens is this is real and it exists and we need to maybe look at all the available options. Right. I mean, I'm looking at you, Seattle Seahawks. I'm just saying, you know, <laughs> in the Super Bowl, just saying you should have ran the ball like the whole world knew you were going to do. Uh, anyway, so let's go into another one here. And this one's kind of a little bit more of a fun one, but I think it's still something to think about, Kyle. And it's assuming that you like your job now means you're always going to like your job or you're always going to love your job is not a good idea because, you know, yes, you may truly, truly love your job at 55 or at 50. But at 62 or whatever, and you're getting close to retirement, you might be like, man, I can't wait to get out of here. So, you know, you want to think about just having that in the back of your mind. Don't just go into it with the assumption that because you love it today, you'll love it forever. Correct. That's just like anything. You know, stuff happens pretty quick and stuff changes pretty rapidly. And you just need to have that in the back of your mind that, you know, having that plan in place, you know, you might like your job now and you don't plan on retiring for 10 years. And that's what you're setting your plan at. But it, would, it might be a, a wise thing to look at is saying, hey, what if I, you know, stuff changes at work, you know, I maybe I get a new boss and I don't like them anymore. And now <laughs> right. I don't like my job and I want to retire at 62. Like, are you set up and making those plans to do that? Or are you just playing on it for that one situation where you're going to work those 10 years? So, yeah. yeah, you know, depending on what type of work you do, obviously, but it'd be a wise thing to maybe have multiple plans in place, you know, just in case it doesn't work like a linear line and you should love your job for forever. <laughs> right, right. Exactly. Exactly. Well, all right, let's hit our final one then for sabotaging our own retirement. These are things to hopefully not do. And the great thing about a podcast is if you can always pause it and rewind it and go back and check out a part if you uh, aren't sure. And of course, a lot of times we have these little links there where you can click on the timestamp and check those out as well. So it's pretty cool. Uh, but the final piece here is uh, not identifying, Kyle, how much that we're going to need to spend the rest of our life. That's a good way to sabotage our retirement because, you know, saying you need 5000 a month today, well, that's great if you've identified that and that's accurate, but that's not necessarily what you're going to need the rest of your life to maintain lifestyle. I always say train yourself to live off what you'll need in retirement now just to kind of see if you're able to do it. So maybe it's a kind of like a, a test, I guess, to see if you pass or fail. <laughs> right. Um, and then kind of running your budget and expenses. No one wants to be on a budget retirement, but you need to know kind of what you need to live off of and what costs go away, what costs will, you know, increase, what new costs will come into place and kind of run that over a 30 year period, for example. And that says, Hey, you know, over our lifetime, we need $2.6 million of income to cover our expenses. Right. And then, then from there, you're going to hopefully determine you have a social security strategy, how much that's going to pay out. And then you're looking at your retirement portfolio and saying, Hey, can, can this provide us that much income, not just each year, but you know, can it drag out for 30 years? Yep. You know, you're going to be stress testing your money. You're not growing anymore. You're going to be spending it. Right. Exactly. 
you know, what are you going to value more growth or the income? Yeah. I mean, you got to, you got to outpace inflation, at least keep up with it for sure. But uh, yeah, it's a different animal. And of course, you know, the inflation factor is going to chew away. So really good thoughts here to consider as we're talking about our topic today. And we're going to wrap things up now. That's going to do it for our podcast this week. But as always, you know, if you heard something useful, reach out to Kyle, let him know you want to talk more in depth. Uh, you can come and see him in Kansas City or Wichita, whichever one's more convenient for you. And you can just give him a jingle and let him know at 913-257-3991. It's 913-257-3991. And this has been Financially Fit with Kyle Hammersmith, President and Investment Advisor Representative at Mocan Financial. Go check him out online at mocanfinancial.com. That is M-O-K-A-N, mocanfinancial.com. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. Kyle, I'll see you next time, bud. Have a great week. Yep, thanks for having me. We'll talk to you next time right here on Financially Fit. Investment advisory services offered through Retirement Wealth Advisors, Inc., RWA, an SEC-registered investment advisor. Mocan Financial and RWA are not affiliated. Investing involves risk, including the potential loss of principal. No investment strategy can guarantee a profit or protect against loss in periods of declining values. Opinions expressed are subject to change without notice and are not intended as investment advice or to predict future performance. Past performance does not guarantee future results. Consult your financial professional before making any investment decision. This information is designed to provide general information on the subjects covered. It is not, however, intended to provide specific legal or tax advice and cannot be used to avoid tax penalties or to promote, market, or recommend any tax plan or arrangement. Please note that Mocan Financial and its affiliates do not give legal or tax advice. You are encouraged to consult your tax advisor or attorney.